If you've seen HDTV, you definitely want HDTV. But will a large new flat screen television fit into the footprint your old tube occupies? And how will that high def change the way you light the room? Read our easy tips to design a media room when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on ideas and tips, then click repair and improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. you got a question about your home improvement project? Need some help solving that do-it-yourself dilemma? Call us right now, 888-666-3974. We are like your handy home improvement neighbors, except we know better than to lend you our power tools. <laughs> yeah, we write our names on them, so we always get them back. Hey, would you like to know the secrets to the best lawn ever coming up in this hour of the program? We're going to talk to Consumer Reports. They're going to spill the beans. Their annual lawn care report is out right now with the lowdown on the best mowers and trimmers. And we're going to have some details on that later this hour. Yeah, we're going to have the guy from Consumer Reports who gets to test out all of that new cool stuff regarding any sort of lawn care, any product that's out there. Imagine what it's like to have that job trying out all those fun things. Yeah, it sounds really fun. Well, he's going to tell us what he likes best so you know exactly what to do for your lawn. And we've got a Weather Channel Storm Tracker radio to give away. It will automatically alert you to weather threats. It's worth 40 bucks and can come in mighty handy no matter where you live. Your power goes out, you can just crank this thing up and know what's going on. It's a great prize. It's going to go to one caller we chose from this hour's program. So call now, 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Richard in Texas has a sink that has issues. Hopefully we can get to the bottom of that. What's going on? I've never seen a problem like this. In my house, in the master bathroom, it's on an exterior wall. The drain always seems to clog up with some black, I don't want to say it's tarry looking, but it's not tar. It's more like sludge, black sludge. Yeah. Is, is this the bathroom, Richard, that you guys use all the time? No, it's not. Because hmm. I've seen that black sludge that you're talking about. It usually does get caught in the trap, usually around the area where um, the lever is to work the stopper. It kind of uh, acts as, a, as an obstruction there. And generally, it's a, it's a combination of uh, soap deposits and hair and other things that get trapped in the drain. It's that sort sounds of, gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It feeds on itself. And every once in a while, I know with the uh, sinks that I've seen this happen to, you have to take the uh, lever out that operates the stopper and you have to clean it out. So it's not an uncommon condition. You may just be seeing it for the first time, Richard, but I've seen this condition many, many times. It, it is generally soap scum that, that causes it. So by taking the trap off, cleaning it, and the uh, lever for the stopper, that should get it to uh, stop. Yep, that's going to get it. Yeah, you got to clean it properly, You know, probably once a year, then it'll stop building up. Calling from Chicagoland is Arlene, who finds the money pit on WYLL, and you've got a flooring question. What can we do for you? I have a, a carpet, and I want to pick it up, and then there's industrial tile under it. I just need to know what do I need to do in order to put down um, some floor. What kind of floor do you want to put down? Mm -hmm. 
oak. Um, I'm not. I've not decided as yet. Uh, maybe oak or uh, any kind of those floors that you can put over um, tiles. I don't know. What kind of subfloor do you have, Arlene? Is this going over a wood subfloor, or is it going over concrete? Is that vinyl tile on top of uh, vinyl, a wood? Yes, vinyl tile on top of concrete. On top of concrete. Okay, that's a that's important information because that's going to impact the type of uh, wood flooring that we recommend. Yeah, with a with a concrete subfloor, even though it's underneath that vinyl tile, you're still going to get a certain amount of moisture and a certain amount of wicking. So going with an actual hardwood like you might have in mind with an oak might not be the best idea because that moisture could cause that hardwood floor to warp and twist and rot out, which you don't want. But you can go with something called an engineered hardwood, which is built in the same way that plywood is. It's many different layers applied together to create a structurally stable wood floor. So it's engineered but it's also wood with the topmost layer being that wood surface that you like and that's a great application but there's some other options as well yeah you could go with a laminate floor which is going to be less expensive than engineered hardwood and with a laminate floor Arlene you'll have lots and lots of choices on which way you can go with a pattern it could look like wood either a modern sharp you know oak hardwood or it could look like an old distressed hardwood or it could look like a stone pattern or a tile pattern or even a vinyl pattern but it's really durable laminate floors are very very tough it's one of the well, most they're made durable. from plastic right yeah it's one of the most durable surfaces out there and it's easy to install because all of the joints now are locked together it's kind of like putting together a puzzle when you drop everything together you can do that yourself if you can handle just some basic power tools to cut it to the edge it doesn't have to get glued to the floor either it pretty much just floats right on top so there are all the options you can consider for this floor and in terms of uh, that vinyl floor that's down there now no need with any of these to remove that you can leave this in place and go right on top of it Shauna in Oklahoma is up next, and she's a prime example of how one home improvement project can lead to another. What can we do for you? We just replaced our sewer lines over the weekend, and we had to dig down under our air conditioning unit out back, and now we know we have to replace our air conditioning unit. Uh-oh. Because it's leaking, and I was wanting to know what is the best type of uh, air conditioning unit to buy. Well, there is good news, and that is that the air conditioning units today have never been more efficient. Um, the, the ones that are Energy Star rated today are going to give you more BTUs of cooling powder for less electrical expense. The other piece of this is that if you buy an Energy Star rated air conditioning compressor, you're going to qualify for a federal energy tax credit and actually be able to get some money back on your income taxes after you, after you put it on. So the secret here is to look at the Energy Star rating and to buy the best unit that you can afford based on the rating. So you use the least amount of electricity to deliver the most cooling power. Okay, Shauna? Okay, and also I need to replace my thermostat. Uh, in my house okay. because it kicks on and off, on and off. Well, that may not be the thermostat. That could be a it problem. It could even with be the, the location of the thermostat. Or it could be a control circuit issue. So when you put in a setback thermostat so that you can have the, uh, the heat or the air conditioning on, automatically come on or off when it's needed throughout the day. Because, you know, just especially in the wintertime, for those in the colder parts of the country, putting in a, uh, a heat setback thermostat will actually knock about 10% off that heating cost. Jim in Florida is up next. What's on your mind? You know, I uh, I received some information in the mail, just a, a photo of a of a vent that was powered by solar energy, and I, I didn't know whether this was bogus or is there such a thing. But it was it, it seemed a little interesting. Is it an attic vent, Jim? Yeah, an attic vent. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you don't really need any power for an attic vent. If an attic vent is, is installed properly, if your roof is properly vented, it basically should be open all the time. So it doesn't need to come on or off. The best venting system is one where you have a continuous ridge vent. That's the vent that goes down the peak of the roof matched with a continuous soffit vent, which is the overhang of the roof. And the reason that's important is if you live in a warm climate, the air as it blows over the roof is going to depressurize it, that ridge, and suck out all that hot air from your attic. And if you live in a cooler climate in the wintertime, it's going to do the same thing, except it's going to pull out the moist air. So those two vents work hand-in-hand to properly vent your attic. So there's no miracle cure for this. It's simply passive ventilation that's installed properly, using convection in mind, and it basically does the job for you. You don't need any electricity, solar-powered or otherwise, to run it. Joe in Kansas is next, who finds the money pit on KLWN, and what can we do for you today? I um, have a cement driveway, and uh, we bought this home a few years ago, and the driveway was already in. It's fairly, probably fairly old driveway, but it's nice and level, uh, seems structurally sound underneath, but uh, it's got some cracks that I have to fill every couple of years, and some chipping and pitting on the top surface. Is there any way for me to to resurface this thing without tearing it clear out and replacing it? Well, with a concrete driveway, the only patching compound that really works well is epoxy. Uh And if you use an epoxy patching compound, you will get two to three years out of uh, wear and tear on that. In terms of the cracks, generally we recommend a uh, silicon caulk for those and uh, do this on a warm day so it flows in there nicely and seals it tightly. If you do that, you shouldn't really be replacing it every year. If you use something besides silicone, it will tend to shrink and dry out and have to be replaced more frequently. But if you do it on a dry day and the crack is cleaned out, you ought to get several years out of a good uh, silicone filling of any of those cracks The epoxy patching compounds can be painted on or troweled on. It will create a new surface. But remember, once you get into the painting realm, you're going to have to repaint. So you really have to pick your poison here, Joe. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Okay, Money Pit listeners, do you want to know how spending just one buck a month can help save you a $1,500 home repair? I'm sure you do. We're going to tell you how next. 888-MONEYPIT. So I finally found the perfect house for you. Isn't it cute? Hardwood floors, remodeled kitchen, and look at that metal roof. Gee. <laughs> a metal roof? It looks so natural. It's gorgeous. Wow. Plus, metal roofing increases the value of your home and can reduce energy costs. Impressive. Now, about the kitchen. It's also maintenance-free and stands up to hail, high winds, and wildfires. So, ready to make an offer? Well, we'd like to look inside first. Oh, <laughs> Really? Why? People who know about metal roofing love metal roofing. We call it investment-grade roofing because it adds value to your home and pays for itself many times over. In addition, it's built to endure for decades. To learn more, visit metalroofing.com. According to the authoritative residential cost handbook, a home's appraised value increases by $1.35 per square foot when it has a metal roof. Do the math and see why durable, beautiful, investment-grade metal roofing makes sense. For details or to find a contractor, log on to metalroofing.com. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. 
Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. My scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I've turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear from Home, where you can select from over 3,700 paint colors and order samples online for home delivery. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So, Leslie, you've got to love this math. Spend a buck, save 1,500 bucks. Well, it's really $12, right? Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Technically, it's true. It's really $12 because that buck is going to go for the cost of, guess what, a brand new filter for your heating and cooling system. If you have a forced air system, there is a filter that is in the return air duct somewhere. Yeah, most Could people be... are like, filter? Oh, oh yeah. Even know filter. <laughs> Well, it's actually, if you have a traditional forced air system, you have your furnace with the blower at the bottom, and then on top of that is the coil for the air conditioner. Usually near that blower, there's a spot for the filter. It costs about a dollar, and you need to replace it once a month, not just in the summer, but all year long when the system is running. Why? Because that air that goes through the furnace up into the air conditioning coil is dirty. It gets dusty. And if the coil gets clogged, it's going to cause the compressor on the outside to jam and not work very well, and at the least it's going to cost you more money than it should to cool your house. And at the worst, it's going to blow that compressor, and that's going to cost you $1,500 or more to replace. So spend a dollar a month on a filter and avoid a major compressor repair or replacement. All right, well, we've got something you don't have to spend a dollar for. You just have to listen to your favorite home improvement program, The Money Pit, and call in and ask a question and get your question answered on air to be eligible for this great prize. We've got the Weather Channel Storm Tracker by Vector, which is a weather alert radio and flashlight. And what it is, it's about 40 bucks. Let me tell you that first, but yours for free, don't forget. And what it does is it gives you an automatic alert of any sort of hazardous weather conditions that might be going on in your area so you know best how to prepare for what's happening. And it also has a unit on it that allows you to charge a cell phone, which is a great thing to have around the house. So good thing, and it's yours for free. So call in now. 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Alice from Chicago's up next, and you've got something that happened to your countertop. What's going on? Well, I had a very hot pan that was placed on top of my white Formica top. Oh, no. But it's the top is 20 years old. It's time for a new one, <laughs> Alice. Yeah. You couldn't have happened to have a better reason to now get a new countertop. All right. Yeah, to try to try to take the burn marks out of a laminate is is almost impossible. If it's slightly singed on the surface, you could use a rubbing compound and try to take some of it out. But the color layer is not that thick, and so yeah, the laminate you, itself is like an eighth of an inch. It's so tiny. Right, but what you're seeing is a chemical reaction between the laminate and the pan. When it heats up like that, it, it turns a darker color and 
and really it's not repairable. The good news is, Alice, that if you do replace this with one of the more modern materials like solid surfacing material, if this ever happens again, you can use a, a you can abrade that burn mark out of it or that knife mark out of it or something of that nature. Well, you and some of the away. solid surfacing like silestone is uh, scorch resistant. So that's always an option to look for. And, you know, granite is also scorch resistant. So, so this is fabulous news, Alice. You're going to get a brand new countertop. Yes, it is. <laughs> I need a brand new kitchen, though. Well, then they have to get one to match it, you know? Three most expensive words in home improvement. Might as well. <laughs> All right, Alice, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Lindsay in Delaware finds the Money Pit on WDEL, and you've got a roofing question. How can we help? I have a very flat roof. It's a 212 pitch, and uh, the roof that I put on there 25 years ago was uh, it was what they call double coverage. Uh, it was a roll roofing. Yeah, two layers of roll roofing uh, put opposed to each other, right? Yeah, in other words, it's about a four-foot sheet that overlaps half right. and half. Yes. Half sticky. And that worked pretty good. Now, uh, the roofer that I had come uh, to do half of my roof, who has yet to come back, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Isn't that typical? <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about, like the Money Pit movie? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> two weeks, he says, yeah. Two weeks. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyways... Um, he suggested not to put that kind of roof on to get a rubber membrane roof because that would, that would last 50 years. Well, I would agree because roll roofing is about the lowest grade roofing you can put on. And roll roofing is either put on with single coverage, which means you basically overlap it by about four inches. These are the wide sheets. Or as you have, uh, Lindsay, double coverage where you're, you're overlapping it by about every 18 inches. That's, of course, better than single coverage. But really, uh, a rubber roof would be a much better alternative for that roof. And it will last a heck of a lot longer and be a lot more trouble-free than the roll roofing you have on now. So I think that's good advice if you can get the guy to come back and do it. The rubber <laughs> roof is the way to go. Bob in California listens to the Money Pit on KVML. What are you working on? I've got a front door that's a very nicely finished door, or at least it was when it was new, and the door frame and a couple of lights beside the, you know, alongside the door. And they have is it a wood door, Bob? A wooden door. Okay. So the the sunlight has just destroyed it. I mean, it is, is the finish is peeled, and 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 I don't know if there's anything out there that have enough UV resistance. To there the, is, actually. Are you looking for a painted look or a stained look? Uh, I'd like a stained look. I'd like a finished look. There is actually something from a company called Flood, and they're sold at the Home Depot, and they make a UV-resistant stain, and it just came out in nine designer colors, actually, just recently. And... Um, what it does is it has a UV resistance in it, which helps it to maintain its moisture, to not warp and rot and peel and bubble. So it really does a good job at maintaining that look on that wood. But if you have anything on there already, you want to make sure you strip it down, get it to a clean surface, allow that to dry really well, and then you can apply their UV stain on top of it. And it should do you a good, probably about five years or more on a vertical surface as far as, a, you know, elastability. And the other thing that you can do, Bob, after you get the uh, stain on there, is to apply a clear finish. And I found that marine varnish has the best UV resistance because it's used on wood boats very often. You can pick that up at any marine supply store. So combining a good UV-resistant stain and a UV-resistant varnish is going to solve that problem. Rick in South Carolina is up next. And what's going on with your yard? Well, I've got a bunch of un unwelcome buddies and guests in the that are under the soil. Are you dealing with moles? Yes, I am. Okay. Now, is this just affecting you? Is it affecting the whole neighborhood? It seems to be just affecting me as far as I know. My big 
concern is we have two dogs okay. that I do not want to have a problem with. That they would, if they would get a hold of one, they of course they put out the, the poisons you can get. Yeah, but I'm trying to find out a better way to do that so that you know I'm not endangering our animals. Well, the best way to, to get rid of moles is to get rid of the mole food, and that is generally grubs that are that are living in the soil. So if you get rid of the grubs, you'll get rid of the moles, make the food source go away. Uh, now, to protect the pets, you really need to follow the label directions, and Leslie had a suggestion of even extending that. Oh, yeah. You know, you really have to be careful because we have a friend who had some pets, and they had mole treatment done, and unfortunately, the dog ended up developing an illness because of something that was used to treat the lawn to prevent these grubs from occurring. So it's really important that, you know, usually it says 24 hours. Try to extend it by a couple of days. Give it three days. Keep things off of it for as long as you can. Kids, pets, if it says one day, triple it. All right, Rick, so you get rid of the grubs, you'll get rid of the moles. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Kevin in New Jersey listens to the Money Pit on the Discovery Radio Network. What can we do for you? Okay, I have a split-level house. So that means the very first floor, the, 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 the ground level, is a little bit below grade. Okay. I mean, we call it the nothing room because we just don't know what to, I mean, we don't know what to do with it. You know? Okay. Halfway up the wall is the is concrete. And then, and then it's like a little bit of a shelf, and then it goes to the sheetrock. Right, uh-huh. I cover that concrete. That, uh, that center block up so it just looks nice, you know what I mean? Well, in a situation like that, it's probably, there's really two ways to do it. Typically, if you were refinishing a basement room, we would tell you to build a wall in front of it. But in a small area like that, I think it's okay to attach furring strips to the wall and to actually frame around that wall and then put a drywall over it. However, in this case, I would not recommend traditional drywall. I would recommend a product called Dens Armor Plus. The reason for it is because Dens Armor Plus has a fiberglass face as opposed to a paper face. You know, regular drywall has a paper face, and that could be mold food. Well, see, what I want to do is I want to get rid of the shelf look. All right, if you want to get rid of the shelf look, you have to give a little space. Here's how you do that. What you have to do is you have to frame out the wall to be as thick as the, the block wall below it. So you have to frame out the wood wall to match the thickness of the block wall. Now, there's other consequences of that, Kevin, because what's going to happen is your window jams are going to be much deeper. Your door jams are going to be much deeper. So you have to frame out for that. And, you know, it's just gonna, it might be a little bit odd, but if you want it to be a continuous flat wall, that's what you have to do. Well, have you ever had lawn envy? You know, that jealousy that sets in when you see that everyone else's lawn in your neighborhood is green and perfect and looks just great. Well, our next guest has that lawn that makes all the neighbors go crazy. And he gets to try all of the new mowers and trimmers that are out on the market because he's the lawn care expert from Consumer Reports, and he's coming up next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is being brought to you by April Air, developers of revolutionary whole home dehumidification technology. April Air's professionally installed Model 1700 whole home dehumidifier removes just the right amount of moisture for ultimate comfort. And unlike messy portable dehumidifiers that work in just a single room, April Air dehumidifiers work throughout your entire home. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. 
So, Leslie, what are the secrets to growing the best lawn ever? Don't let me touch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you're Leslie, hire a landscaper. Actually, if you are all thumbs, like my co-host Leslie, instead of having a green thumb when it comes to caring for your lawn, there are products and tools out there that can help. The only problem is you have to decide which ones work best for you. Well, the May 2006 issue of Consumer Reports magazine does it for you. In the magazine's annual lawn care report, you're going to find expert advice on how to get the best lawn ever, along with ratings for the top lawn equipment and products. So joining us to break it all down is Peter Sawchuk. He's the guy at Consumer Reports who gets to try out all the lawn care stuff that there is out there. And so, Peter, tell me, is your lawn the most amazing, beautiful green thing ever? Well, it's not as good as as I'd like it, but it's in pretty good shape. <laughs> They're tough. How do you go about unraveling the mystery? What are the 10 best tips, you think, to a beautiful lawn? Well, we've listed, of course, 10 tips, and, and, and it really starts with the right grass and then, and then continues on with uh, how much to fertilize and how much to water and, and goes on to talk about how much you should cut. I like that your watering advice, it says don't underwater and don't overwater. How do you know what the happy median is? I was going to say, it, 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 it's almost like the three bears. We've got to find out what's just right here. <laughs> um, and, 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 and it's true. The, actually, the way we say it is, is you should think about having about an inch of water on the lawn. And you do that depending on where you live and how much heat you have, maybe two to three times a week. Well, it's the, the the timing that you actually water the lawn is important, isn't it, Peter? I mean, I see a lot of times that people are watering the lawns in the middle of the day, but that's a bad time, isn't it? That's right, and it's even worse if you do it in the evening. The best time to water is first thing in the morning. Is that because it needs time to evaporate and you don't want it causing any sort of bacteria or mold growth? Well, that's what happens if, if in late evening you water. You're likely to get fungus, and then you can get some of the diseases that come in where if you water first thing in the morning, that water is going to set into the ground, and then as the heat of the day comes up, it's going to help uh, protect the grass. Now, you also say, Peter, that fertilizing the lawns at the right time of year is important. I think that fertilization is something that many people are confused about. Um, it, it, you have to be a bit of a scientist to figure out what stuff to use and how much of it to put down. Well, there are certainly various ways to do it, and, and, and it is confusing. Um, what we see people do is they tend to fertilize too much. A lot of people will fertilize four, sometimes five times a year. A lot of services will do that. In reality, probably two times will work. Is that like a beginning of the season, end of the season thing, or smack in the middle? It depends on where you live. If you live in the Northeast or the Midwest, uh, for those grasses, it's probably best to fertilize mid-season and, and then at the end of the season which sets up the lawn for the next year. If you live in a warm season area, we have a warm climate, uh, fertilizing at the start of the year is the best way. We're talking to Peter Sawcheck from Consumer Reports Magazine. He's the program leader for Home Improvement. So, uh, Peter, if we followed your 10 tips to beautiful lawns and we have, in fact, built ourselves a beautiful lawn, let's switch gears and talk about some of the mowers that you guys tested in the latest issue. What did you find out about mowers that are available on the market today? What are your recommendations for the best ones for cutting performance, for mulching, for bagging, and so on? Well, we, we did have a couple of surprises, and, and what we're seeing is you can get these Oh, what we call an excellent rated mower for less now. There are more mowers. Those mowers used to be anywhere from 700 to $900. Those are really the best mowers you can buy. And they do pretty much you get what you pay for. <clears throat> so you do get 
with those the best cutting performance. Now we're seeing um, three mowers that are in that category that are a little over $500. That's good. Do you think the price has been brought down just because there are so many mowers out there that are meeting more expectations? Or do you think that you know building them has just gotten less expensive? Well, I used to be in the business. I'm telling you that building them isn't getting less expensive. It's probably getting more expensive. But I think that the pressure from the home centers has has made the competition sharper and that they've pressured manufacturers to lower prices. Now, what about string trimmers? That's something that is also a very popular tool. We're seeing a lot more that are cordless today. What did you find with string trimmers uh, for the best buys? Well, First, on cordless, we, we didn't find any cordless that really work well. Um, our opinion is there are better choices on, on those. But what we did find is there are corded electric units that are quite reasonable in price, $60, that will cut as well as many of the gasoline models. That's good to know. And I like that there's a new introduction of, of a material that's so helpful in the yard, which is mulch, and that's rubber mulch. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we did test the rubber mulch, and, and the rubber mulch is very interesting because it's, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about three times more expensive uh, than the wooden mulch, but the, the, the real value of it is it's quite heavy. So it doesn't float away when you get a heavy rain, and it doesn't blow away. Yeah, but it doesn't give you that nice cedar smell after you put it down, though, does it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. We it's could infuse the like rubber tires. with cedar if you wanted. <laughs> Well, I bet, I bet that that would be great, like under a swing set or an area like that, a playground area would probably be a lot safer. Well, uh, actually, you want to be a little careful because some of the products had their ground-up tires, and there's actually Kevlar tread and sometimes some steel pieces oh, of steel oh. tread in it. So it uh, wouldn't be advisable for a playground. But where its, its best application would be for around trees and beds where you don't have to go in and, and, and remulch as, as often. Peter Sawcheck from Consumer Reports, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Hey, the current issue of Consumer Reports is available wherever magazines are sold. The full report that Peter talked about is also available online at www.consumerreports.org. So do you live in your kitchen? I think most people do. Yeah, who doesn't? I, I think that we probably spend more hours in our kitchen than in our bedroom. And where does everybody go when you have a party? the kitchen. Everybody always wants to be in the place. It's the center of all activity in the home. Well, we're going to give you a quick way to make your kitchen more of a living room right after this. Money pit. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. Eight-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper. Which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor Plus from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor Plus has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, 
Stop Feeding Mold by using Dens Armor Plus. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. This spring, the wet look is in. For outdoor surfaces, that is. New Bear Wet Look Sealer gives surfaces a high-gloss, wet-look finish and protects against moisture, stains, and automotive chemicals. It can be used on interior or exterior pavers, concrete, unglazed tiles, brick, aggregate, natural stone, masonry, and stucco. Find it at the Home Depot or visit Bear, B-E-H-R dot com. And remember, when it comes to stains and finishes, there's good, better, and bare. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories, with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at the Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So how do we make kitchens more of a living room? Because we all seem to spend much more time living there. Well, I think what you're seeing, even with new construction in existing homes, is that the kitchens are becoming much larger than they ever used to be. So it gives you an opportunity to put in furniture that you might not have found traditionally in a kitchen. Like you can put living room furniture into your kitchen, perhaps some overstuffed chairs, so that if guests have an area to sit and relax with you while you prepare the meal or even have your own cooking show at home you can say hey look what i'm making some other things that you can do is you can create a work area in your kitchen so that your family can do their homework or surf the net or you know browse on the computer and still be in the same room together which is really nice plus it lets you supervise exactly what the heck they're doing online if you've got kids at home so really it gives you a little more elbow room than you may have had before i mean it used to be that kitchens were so modular that if it wasn't bolted to the wall it practically didn't fit well that's true and now you're inviting so many more pieces of furniture into the room you can even use an armoire to store linens or china and get rid of those bulky doors and build out something that's maybe framed with some chicken wire and some fabric behind it so you still have some privacy for your storage but it looks a little bit more country and a little bit more kitcheny tons of ideas to make that space a lot more livable and a lot more friendly to the visitors you need some ideas for your home improvement project call us right now at 888 money pit we will toss your name in the money pit hard hat because this hour we're going to give away to one caller the weather channel storm tracker by vector weather alert radio and flashlight it's worth 40 bucks and it'll give you an automatic alert signal of all hazardous warnings in your area it's got a hand crank so you can actually charge it up so you don't even need batteries to run this thing 888-666-3974 call right now leslie who's next kevin in new jersey listens to the money pit on the discovery radio network what can we do for you okay i have a split level house so that means the very first floor, the, 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 the ground level, is a little bit below grade. Okay. I mean, we call it the nothing room because we just don't know what to, I mean, we don't know what to do with it, you know? Okay. Halfway up the wall is the is concrete. And then, it, and then it's like a little bit of a shelf, and then it goes to the sheetrock. Right, uh-huh. When I cover that, con- 
that uh, that center block up so it just looks nice. You know what I mean? Well, in a situation like that, it's probably there's really two ways to do it. Typically, if you were refinishing a basement room, we would tell you to build a wall in front of it. But in a small area like that, I think it's okay to attach furring strips to the wall and to actually frame around that wall and then put a drywall over it. However, in this case, I would not recommend traditional drywall. I would recommend a product called Dens Armor Plus. The reason for it is because Dens Armor Plus has a fiberglass face as opposed to a paper face. You know, regular drywall has a paper face, and that could be mold food. Well, see, what I want to do is I want to get rid of the shelf look. All right, if you want to get rid of the shelf look, you have to give a little space. Here's how you do that. What you have to do is you have to frame out the wall to be as thick as the, the block wall below it. So you have to frame out the wood wall to match the thickness of the block wall. Now, there's other consequences of that, Kevin, because what's going to happen is your window jams are going to be much deeper. Your door jams are going to be much deeper. So you have to frame out for that. And, you know, it's just gonna, it might be a little bit odd, but if you want it to be a continuous flat wall, that's what you have to do. Lane in Texas is wondering if it's time to replace that roof. Lane, how old is it? Uh, 10 years old. 10 years old. You're mm. almost there. What's it looking like? Uh, I had two uh, opinions on there, waiting on a couple of other estimates to come out. One guy climbed on the roof, walked on it, and he said he felt a couple of soft spots. Another guy says, well, you can't tell by that. You have to look at the eaves. See if the eaves are sagging. And he said there's only one part of the eaves that he said he'd be concerned about on the back side of the house. What do you see? I mean, why did you pick up the phone and call the guy? I mean, did you see a leak or something? No, I didn't see a leak. Uh, it's, it's on a double-wide mobile home, and my neighbor down the street, his home is uh, a little uh, younger than ours is, and he found uh, a couple uh, patches in his roof when he had it replaced, and he found he did have a leak. So I'm using his blessing before his roof came in to <laughs> get ours checked out. Is this a flat roof, low-slope roof, or is it a pitched roof? Uh, it, it has a little slope roof. Okay. Well, 10 years on a low slope roof is pretty much the end of the normal life cycle. How does it, the slope affect the lifetime? Well, if you have a very, very low slope, it's going to take a lot more wear and tear than if you had a very steep roof. So if, let's say, for example, you had a 12 on 12 pitch on an asphalt shingle mm -hmm. roof. That's like a 45 degree roof. I'll tell you, that roof can go like 25, 35 years. When you get down to a flat or a low slope roof, you, you're lucky if you get 10 years out of it. So... I would say that, you know, regardless of whether you're getting leaks, if you're not getting a leak right today, you probably don't have to replace it today. But it would not be money wasted for you to, to replace, replace that roof exactly in the next, you know, day to year or two years. You know, I mean, it, <laughs> in the it, next at this age, now, yeah, at tomorrow. this age, right? At this age, you're not going to be throwing your money away. Just I would concentrate on making sure I got the best possible roofer because when you have low slope roofing or flat roofing. If you don't have good workmanship, it's a big stinking mess. I mean, it really comes down to the workmanship as to whether or not that roof's going to perform like it should be performing. Okay. Uh, we got a couple of couple of estimates. We're waiting on a couple of more, and we're planning on doing it in February. Yeah. Well, I would say to you, um, being price sensitive is fine, but make sure you be skill sensitive and make sure you're working with somebody who's well-known in the neighborhood and has done a references. good job for other people. Get references. And exactly. check them. Don't just go for the cheap guy because you might get a bad job, okay? Sure. Okay, sir. All right, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. You got a sir. You command authority there. I Tom. did. I did. <laughs> I would have been upset if there was a ma'am reference, because you know I'm only fifteen. <laughs>
But sir works. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Hey. Well, up next, we're going to solve a painful question for one of our emailers. Steve from Atlanta wants to know the difference and whether it makes sense to pay for single-pane, double-pane, or triple-pane glass. Have you wondered that question? Are you thinking about replacing your windows? We'll give you the tips that you need to move forward smartly next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Metal Roofing Alliance. We call metal roofing investment-grade roofing because in your lifetime, a metal roof will save you money and add value to your home. To find a Metal Roofing Alliance contractor or to learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit www.metalroofing.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. We now tackle a painful question about windows from Steve in Atlanta. Okie doke, Steve writes, we are thinking about buying a house built in 1993. Currently, we have a newer home with thermopane windows. The 1993 house we're looking at has single-pane windows. We're concerned about the loss of energy through the single-pane windows. Is that a valid point? And if so, should we consider replacing the windows if we buy the older house? Also, this is a large house, about 4,000 square feet. Man, that's huge. And how much can we expect to pay for proper replacement windows. I can't believe he bought a 1993 house, which is and he only thinks what, it's old. It's only 12 years old and has single pane glass. I didn't even know they were still making single pane glass in 1993. I mean, it wasn't that long ago and energy was pretty, pretty darn expensive. Well, Steve, um, a couple of things. First of all, Speaking in terms of national average, uh, probably double pane is the best way to go. I wouldn't necessarily go triple pane unless you live in the northern, 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 northernmost climates where it gets super, super cold because they're more expensive, and and that's the only way you're going to get any kind of payback on that. Uh, In terms of the replacement windows themselves, um, what you want to do is look for ones that are Energy Star rated. Energy Star windows are going to be the most efficient because they're built to a national energy standard. And also, Leslie, it occurs to me that now is a good time to replace the windows because there is an energy tax tax credit. credit. That's right. Federal tax credit's great because it gives you up to $500 return, free money back to you uh, if you do any sort of Energy Star rated improvement in the years 06 and 07. So make sure you do it now. It's a good time to get some money back. And in terms of the quality of those windows, uh, Steve, you, you generally want to use vinyl-clad windows. Vinyl-clad windows I prefer over any type of metal replacement window because it doesn't transfer the heat. But again, if you stick with Energy Star, it's a great standard. You know, it's a, it's a government standard that works, <laughs> which is somewhat of a rarity these days, you know, the Energy Star windows. You can uh, get information. You're going to get audited talking like that, Tom. I know, right? <laughs> Um, that's you know, you Tom go, Kreitler, everyone can, of New yeah, Jersey. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And his co-host, Leslie Segre. I didn't say it. Who put him up to saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good advice nonetheless. Energy Star. You want more information, you can go to energystar.gov. Well, Leslie, in my family of uh, three children, plus a wife, plus me, we do one thing very well. We generate lots and lots of trash. <laughs> And uh, I hear on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word, you've got some tips on how to keep all of those trash cans in your house smelling better. Well, how many pounds do you think your family of five has about every uh, about week? About 600. 600 pounds of trash. Listen, we have two trash pickups a week, and I have three cans too. that are always full. And they, yeah, they never go empty. There's they always something to pick up. And it's so funny. As soon as you take that trash out, doesn't that bag fill up one more time almost Instantly. immediately? It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, the average family of three, average family of three, generates about 40 pounds of garbage 
per week. That is a lot of stinky trash sitting in your house, sitting right near your house, touching that garbage. Just because it's in a bag doesn't mean it's not contaminating that garbage pail. So you need to do a couple of things that'll help keep your house smelling more fresh and keep your garbage cans looking and smelling clean. What you want to do is make sure you rinse them every week. So try to, on your last trash pickup of the week, take out that can, clean it with a solution of borax and warm water. This is going to help keep your germs at bay, keep things smelling fresh, and also keep a little spray solution around of some bleach and water. This way, when you take out that trash bag while you're carrying it outside, spray that can inside your house with this bleach and water. Let it dry before you put in the new bag. It'll keep everything fresh, and it'll also keep things safe, folks. So don't forget to clean your trash bags. If you like quick tips like that, sign up for the free Money Pit E newsletter. Those sorts of tips are available every single week for free. Sign up at moneypit.com. That's about all the time we have for this hour of the program. Thank you so much for stopping by. you got a question, you can call us, remember, 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 